This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Best and brightest, we are the Blaze Radio Network. News and views you can use. Excelsior. Welcome back, my radio family, my dear friends, my partners. And uh, back there in the studio, as a technical matter, let me say technically, uh, you are fading to me, wavering, fading, like literally kind of fading in and out, but never to the point that I can't hear you. And as Britt will uh, uh, tell you, Skip, yesterday we had this problem, but it was really only on one end. So as long as you and partners can hear me, I'm not particularly concerned if if you guys are wavering from your end. And you may know there were technical problems earlier today of a rather major sort. So, uh, <clears throat> I, I, you know, just so you know, uh, B will know what I'm talking about. We had it yesterday. And I'm fine if you're fine. And we're all fine here together. That is my hope on the JLE News. The Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 one 3393 via Twitter at J-A-Y-Severin. So I'm becoming more sanguine, certainly than last week. I think that happens when I start to accept the inevitable. Even though the inevitable may suck, even though my vision of the inevitable may suck, somehow I would rather know a sucky inevitability than worry over not knowing what's going to happen. I know, that's a little crazy, isn't it? No, you're right. It's not a little crazy. It's a lot crazy. But at least it's consistently a lot crazy. May I offer you, before we get to headlines, may I offer you an example I have it here in my notes, not that I need my notes to do this, but uh, remember where we were about, well, about a month ago? I don't know now when it was. Well, let, let me start by asking you this. Do you like to party? Party. Do you like to party? I assume that most of us will laugh at me, if, as, I, as I do, but then I know that somewhere buried in here there is a pony. You know, there is a question. There is something worthwhile. Do you like to party? I never use the word as a verb. The word, the verb, the word was never intended to be a verb. It is the equivalent to me of, and I'm sorry, this is generational, I realize. But this is like a pretty girl with a tattoo of a flaming Harley and her having sex on the flaming Harley with four guys. And this tattoo is on her neck. 
There may not be anything wrong with any of that, but I'm not bringing her home to meet mother. Well, there are a couple of reasons I'm not, but that's the principal reason. Uh, but I'll use it as a verb here. I'll stoop to catch the common vernacular in order to make a point. Do you like to party? Well, I assume that at least in the spirit of that ridiculously posed question, most of us do. Well, good. Get ready for three of them. If you like to party, you're about to be triple happy. Get ready to remove the question mark from Republican third party? Question mark. Get ready to remove the question mark. You recall where we were a month ago? Yeah, we were three weeks ahead of the rest of the media is where we were a month ago. But remember where we were a month ago with regard to a contested convention, brokered convention, open contention uh, 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 convention? We were still at the point that we were explaining how it was going to work, and the rest of the national media was saying, some people are saying a contested convention could conceivably occur. Okay. okay, where we were with regard to an open convention is where we are right now. 311 and ought 5 on the 30th day of March, year of our Lord 2016, right now, Eastern Time, is where we are right now with third party. We got rid of the question mark in one big hurry, didn't we, about whether there'd be an open convention? Well, that's where we are at this moment because the only prophylactic between us and a third party, and when I say us, there are a number of us's, I mean. I mean, we conservatives, we Republicans, we Americans. We supporters of this candidate, that candidate. There are a number of different we's in this. But the only prophylactic, the only protection between us and a third party candidacy and the Hillary Clinton presidency that it virtually guarantees, the only prophylactic, you ready? is the temperament and judgment of political candidates. It's the the temperament and judgment of politicians deciding whether or not their interests will be above ours. And if you accept the premise that the only thing preventing a third-party candidacy is one, not only of these three candidates, don't forget, your third party, hmm, and everyone including me says, gee, will Trump do it? You know, will Cruz do it? Will Kasich do it? Do you know who's the most likely of those three to do it? Do you know? Kasich. Because Kasich, yeah, I know. 
Does that strike you as a surprise? It, it's most likely Kasich because Kasich is the one who obviously is either is either an utterly insane man or he has a deal with the Republican National Committee, you know, the, the uh, rhinos. Of course he has a deal. And we've known this, we've been saying this now for six, seven weeks. They've gone to Kasich and others and said, you hang in there long as you can because we're going to need someone. And I know, yeah, Jay, you said that about Rubio. Yeah, I did. I still say it. Rubio didn't die. He just pulled out of active campaigning. You think they can't go back to Rubio at the convention? He's right at, not literally the top of the list. He's in the top three. Right now, the only surviving member in the primaries who has an understanding, shall we say, with the rhino uh, establishmentarians is Kasich. So everyone thinks of, you know, okay, we're going to do a Rorschach test, a word association. I say to you, third party. Nate, tell me the first person that comes to mind. Third party. I'd say Trump. Third party. Linda Lovelace. Yeah, after the first two parties. Uh, third party. You know, well, maybe Cruz. No. Third party? Kasich of the three. But you see, I interrupted myself on the way to a larger point. That's only of the three now formally running. Because the Kasich phenomenon, the Kasich element, is going to play out one way or the other, I I believe. And if Kasich doesn't, if they don't do it by backing Kasich, they'll do it with Jeb. Heb, Heb. They're going, you know, the, the chances that they will go to their own boy and get their boy lined up to run third party. And by the way, this will, there's an industry that sprung up right now within Washington, I could tell you, trying to figure out on the Republican side whether they should call themselves the Republican candidate or the third party candidate. You see, it will be whoever, if this happens, this candidate will be the Republican establishment rhino RNC candidate in every conceivable way, right down to DNA testing. But they want to be hep. So they want to try to catch part of this wave. They want to own part of this wave of being outsiders, of being outre. And so, you know, they may actually consider, you know, what's in a name? A Republican by any other name would not smell as foul? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com.
on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. Before I say another word, and I ought to do this more often, don't you think? Jim from Fort Collins, a place I have been on several occasions, and because it's in my adopted uh, alternative home state of Colorado, it is a place that is dear to me. Jim, welcome. Hello, Jay. I moved here from Boston three years ago, so we talked many a time in the past. The first time on the blade. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Question uh, for politics. Do you think the RNC would be smart enough to support Cruz, get him and Trump both to 900, then support Cruz, hoping that Trump would form third party so that Hillary would win? (laughs) Good question. Um, I think that the first line of the uh, RNC thinking is, is there a way to win this? If there is not a way to win this, is there a way to minimize the damage? And and I think I state the obvious here, like the doy obvious, because if you accept the premise that the Republican Party is willing to lose, absolutely happily willing to lose even to one of the, to either of the current democrat candidates they are happily willing as a again as as a choice happily willing to lose to clinton or even sanders than to win with cruz or trump this is such a fantastic notion that I appreciate fully those who say Jay has snapped his twig. You know, that's just not possible. He's gone around the bend. Uh, you know, it's not possible. Maybe those guys aren't perfect, but you know, they're, they've spent their lives working in their party. And, they're, and you know what? I, as I say, I respect anyone who thinks that because it's, it's, it's rational. It's a rational thing to think. But if you've been inside that circle, as I was for 25 years, and you know their thinking about this, they just want to make sure that when they turn off the lights on December 20th this year, that they can come back and turn on the lights in their office. In their office you know, on whatever day that Congress reconvenes, on the 6th of January or whenever it is. But they are willing to do, they are happily, they know that if if Hillary Clinton is elected, and she's going to be the nominee, if Hillary Clinton is elected, Jim, the the government will go on as though it were a Obama third term. I don't mean to minimize the damage by thusly characterizing it. It's awful. It's hideous. It's gruesome. It's grotesque. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. But it won't be a sudden nightmare. You know, it's not going to be, we're going to take off your left leg. It's going to be, I'm sorry, I have some bad news. We're going to, you're going to have to lose that small toe. And then two years later, 
you know, you're going to have to lose the next toe. And over a period of eight years, you're going to lose the leg. But no one tells you, know, but you don't know that. No one tells you that. So it's it's incremental, uh, like mercury poisoning. And that's what a, a Clinton, for instance, administration would be like. So it won't be jarring. It won't be jarringly different the next day. When all those people come back to Washington and turn on their office lights, they just want their office. Their, they just want their keys to still fit those locks. They don't want the locks changed. They don't want someone else in that office. They don't want police tape around the building because it's now a construction site. You're going to wreck the building and, 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 you know, grow vegetables or do something useful with that property that the Republican National Committee is on. Uh, that's what they want, Jim. And right. they're, you know, imagine, imagine if today were the first day or the hundredth day of the Hillary Clinton first term. I think I, I think I'd still be on the air. Uh, you know, hope to God I, I'd still be on the air. You'd still be there. Pray God you'd be healthy. We'd all be here, and and the it would not be a devastating, jarring difference. It would just be the sure mercury poisoning of America and Americanism, little by little. But and I'm so, you know, I'm sorry for the long winded answer. I I just feel so very strongly that I'm absolutely right on this one. And I know it takes an enormous leap of faith. It requires an enormous leap of faith to actually believe that Reince Priebus, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, you know, McConnell, et al., what they want is for life in Washington as they know it to continue more or less as it is right now, Jim, at this moment, Whatever they're doing, wherever they are in Washington, they just want to make sure they recognize this Washington today. They want to make sure they recognize it, you know, a year from now. And so they're saying, so Hillary gets elected. What's the worst thing that can happen? I'm a senator. I'm not up for another four years. So I have an office to go back to. We start fundraising. I get to hold press conferences and bitch every day about the Democrats. I get to complain as though I was on the front lines of the battle in 2016. The thing is, their life is not over. Their life continues. Our lives get screwed. You know, our money gets taken. Our government gets perverted. Our elections get perverted. Our Constitution gets torn asunder. But their lives, Jim, their lives will be pretty much the same on the 100th day of the Hillary administration as they were uh, on the 100th day of this year. That's what they want. And they, they're perfectly... So w- what you suggest, ev- absolutely everything is plausible. They will try any trick to minimize damage and also minimize you know guilt to themselves. But they're willing... The only thing that surprised me so far, Jim, is the willingness they have shown to accept brazen, open guilt for this. Because it's obvious to anyone who, you know, follows the news even a little bit every once in a while. It's obvious that the Republicans are plotting against themselves openly. And so will a third party candidate really be a third party candidate if there is one? 
Jim, you and I know the answer is no. That will, will be a third-party candidate, if there is one, fully blessed, if somewhat sotto voce, you know, somewhat on this QT, but a third-party candidate won't be like a Ross Perot or, you know, somebody like that. It's not going to be. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest, we have breaking news. According to the national media, Donald Trump has just said during a Wisconsin political event the following. Quote, women who have abortions may face punishment. End quote. The title, as I understand it, being titled in national media is Trump says, quote, women who have abortions may face punishment, end quote. Now, no matter how you slice this, this is a big deal. The question, and I learned this from Skip about 20 seconds ago. My monitor is not working today, so I can't. I usually have a monitor lighted up here with one of the cables on. I don't have that today. So, uh, but it's okay. Uh, What it tells me immediately is nothing because, no, it does tell me a few things. The problem is I would normally know exactly one thing it meant, but this is Trump. So it could mean automatically two things being Trump. One is Trump selected this time and place to make this announcement, believing that it would help him politically in advance of next Tuesday's Wisconsin primary to make such a statement. Now, and that could be the case. People uh, who follow this stuff know that Wisconsin is more uh, conservative than you might think. It's still a swing state, and that's because of, generally speaking, because of Madison and uh, Milwaukee, the People's Republic of Madison and Milwaukee, who, because in the former case of communist students and in the latter case of communist union, trade unionists, the mass of bodies, of votes, is in the big cities, such as they are. In Wisconsin. But so far as I know, uh, I know talk radio is, as it is throughout the Midwest, is very popular. And so far as I know, there is not, no, I'll put it another way. So far as I know, every talk radio host on the air in the state of Wisconsin is a conservative. I mean, there, there could be a couple of rare exceptions, but it's kind of a local factoid, you know. And it does, you know, it does measure something. But let's go back to the statement. Trump says women who have abortions may face punishment. Okay, 
the first possibility, as I'm sure we share in uh, terms of a reaction, is the most likely one. A politician has uttered something he or she believes will help them in a proximate election. So your first guess has to be Trump believes this will help him. But it's Trump. So you also have to entertain alongside uh, explanation number one is door number two, which is he has no idea what he's saying when he says it, and he makes this all up as he goes along. Now, I, uh, I don't want to get hung up on this because I have something else to say about that and Trump. So let's say see if I can finesse it somehow. But I, 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 I'm going to not I'm going to try not to get waylaid here by myself. And I'll say that. Okay. So explanation number one, it's political. Explanation number two, it's Trump Tourette's nipple, buttock, China trade deficit. Okay. We do know there is such a thing as Trump's Tourette's. This could be it. It could have no political explanation. It could just be that it popped into his mind. And as we know, since there is no filter, I mean, that's what a number of different imbalances can do. Take it from me. No, you know, seriously, though, when there's no filter, we have a number of we have a number of conditions that share in common this lack of filter. And all of a sudden, people blurt out. I remember I was once, I was on the road. I was part of a tour. We won't get into that. I was part of a tour. We were somewhere, somewhere. I really don't remember. Somewhere, I was was 16 years old, 17 years old. We were in the middle of America somewhere. We were eating at an enormous truck stop. It was late at night. I had to be awakened to like trudge in, eat something, go back to sleep in the the cars and trucks and buses and all this. And there was a poor man in there eating who had a kind of disability. And he had great difficulty getting the food from the plate to his mouth. And everyone who saw this, your heart just broke. And it was one of those, you know, calling Dr. Irving Goffman, calling Dr. Irving Goffman, and I mean that, if you know Irving with an E, Irving Goffman, who is the brilliant social psychologist who has written about uh, private behavior in public places and all of those things that you find so fascinating. At least I did as a college sophomore. Uh, one of the few things that happened inside the classroom that I found fascinating as a college sophomore. But th- it was heartbreaking. There was, there were two or three families with young children. And the behavior of the young children toward this older gentleman who was having difficulty feeding himself ranged from openly staring at him, you know, like only a five-year-old can do, right? What's a five-year-old going to do? A four-year-old. They're going to stare openly unselfconsciously they're going to stay that's what it means to be five they're they are without guile they are totally 
literally unself-conscious. So the five-year-old is going to sit three feet away, like a booth on the other side of the aisle, and crane her little neck toward the, the older gentleman and just stare at him with eyes as big as pancakes. That's the least offensive thing a five-year-old will do. Other five-year-olds and some 25-year-olds doing shots and beers will say, Hey, what's with that guy? Hey, look. Hey, look at that guy. He's spilling his food. Which is somehow so much more objectionable coming from a 25-year-old with a tattoo on his neck. Sorry, I meant his girlfriend with a big tattoo on her neck saying, hey, look at that guy. There's something so much more offensive about that than a five-year-old, poor five-year-old saying, mommy, mommy, what's wrong with that man? And pointing at him. Okay. Trump Tourette. You don't know whether Trump is doing something because it favors him. And this is why some people regard him as an evil genius. And I regard him, I must admit, as half that. Evil. So we don't know why he's saying it, but he has said it. Trump says women who have abortions may face punishment. The other element, dimension of this, which is of interest to us all, is how? How? Would, would they now face punishment? No. Why not? Well, because they couldn't be arrested. Right? Right. They couldn't be arrested because it's not against the law. Because federal law provides that there is, and I don't want to get into all of this. I'm not endorsing anything. I'm not condemning anything. I'm just making a point. Under current law in the United States of America, women who have abortions do not face punishment. In order to change that circumstance, something would have to change. No big deal. Just the Constitution of the United States, you know, just the laws of the United States of America. So I'm thinking, does Trump realize that he's telling us a number of things by saying this? Does he realize he's not just saying, oh, yeah, no, abortions, I, apparently, he's now against them. He, he was, he called himself. And you'll see this tonight. They're, they're already splicing this video together. He was pro-choice for years. He gave money to pro-choice causes. He said, I'll always be pro-choice. I've seen all of this. I've talked to him about it in person at a party. I know. You say, really? Abortion? Yeah. Because that's what geeks like me talk about when they stand around in small groups and they get to talk to a guy like this. I don't know how it came up, but any in any case, Trump says women who have abortions may face punishment. Okay, interesting. Does he realize that he's telling us, I'm against Roe versus Wade, I am now pro-life, and unlike most people who are pro-life, who do not believe that the woman should be punished, they just believe that abortion ought not be so eagerly available and paid for by 
other taxpayers and all of that. Not a lot of people believe that the woman who gets an abortion ought to be punished. If we polled only pro-lifers and asked them, okay, and should the woman be punished? Not a lot of pro-lifers even believe that. Does Donald realize he's announcing to us that he is now part of a, uh, forgive me, very radical fringe, a very tiny number of people that believe a woman should be punished under right now in America, right now. Not the way the law may be that he wants, but the law right now that is here on planet Earth. Does he realize that what he's saying is women ought to be punished and how few people agree with that? Does he also realize that he's announcing to us the kinds of Supreme Court justices that he would pick? Does he realize any of this? Does he think about any of this? Nipple, testicle, China trade deficit, uh, punish women. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Here on the Blaze Radio Network, uh, Bill just sent me an important tweet. It said, boring. Uh, you know, Bill, punishing women who get abortions. You're right. Who cares about that stuff? Who cares about that stuff? Bill, do you have a final four pick? Let's get to the important stuff. What about North Carolina? This whole thing could have been over last week, by the way. I don't know. I'm just picking something that I'm thinking Bill might be interested in. Because punishing women for exercising a right with which I may or may not agree, but punishing someone under existing law for following that law? Who cares about that stuff? Brian from... The Commonwealth. Hey Jay, I got a, I got a question for you. Okay, Brian. Assuming uh, um, Cruz cannot get the nomination if there's a convention, if they make a rule where he can't get it, and it comes to the point where he can't win via the delegates available, Ted Cruz becomes one of the most powerful people in the race because he gets to decide whether Trump wins or the RNC wins. He could either drop well, well, out and theoretically, and secure the VP. The- theoretically, that assumes, Brian, that the RNC does not hold the whip hand here no matter what, that they can't change the rules such whenever they want to defeat that. But as we sit here right now, you are absolutely right. And it's why I have said with great lament uh, already that, Ted Cruz will never be in a better bargaining position than he is at this moment. His stock, especially if uh, uh, in six days, if Ted Cruz wins in Wisconsin, that will be the zenith of Ted Cruz's stock. The question is, is he going to sell or not? Because 
I'm afraid his only bargaining position does not include him being president. Well, if he, do you think he would uh, use his bargaining power to threaten the RNC, saying, look, you're going to consider me, you're going to put me up as the nominee, or I'm going to endorse Trump and he'll take the nomination? Or they'll do you say, think he would even consider endorsing say, Trump uh, with all the bad blood? Well, the, the, I, I guess I've already answered the question, Brian. I think what they'll say is, ooh, ooh, we're really scared. Okay, you do that. And then what they will do five minutes before the first round of voting or the third round of voting or whenever it becomes important, they'll change the rules, which they can do at any moment on anything for any reason at any time. And that's what I I think since the Republican National Committee is paying for the party, I think they hold the whip hand. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Do you begin to appreciate the stress I am under? I know that I have to think of my country as you do. I also have to think of my family. Well, and you might think that would be the same thing, and largely it is, but my country needs me in making sure that Donald Trump doesn't get closer to the White House than riding by it in a taxi cab. But my family needs me to work. And... Just today, like every day, is proof that Donald Trump can also be called the Radio Talk Show Hosts Full Employment Act of 2017 through 2005. Very tossed. Welcome back, my dear friends, my partners, my radio family. I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 News and views you can use. one 888 The common denominator among comments of my circle of acquaintance has forever been, how do you fill X hours every day? You know, I I don't know how I would fill X hours. And that has always been, I've always felt like a, you know, like a graduate student who has any recognition about the world must feel when they say, I can't believe it. These people, I'm 28 years old. I've never done anything in my life except go to school. 
and these people think I'm, my fellow citizens think I'm worthwhile because I'm in graduate school. I'm in another school. I'm 28. I've never done a day's work in my life, but I'm a graduate student, so I'm somehow a valued member of the community. I can't get over it. What a deal this is. That's how I feel about Donald Trump. How can I be against a guy who is guaranteeing my employment? I mean, it's the second hour of the show. I'm not even on the second line of my notes. How can you not love a guy who is crazy enough to step up every day and say things that give you this kind of material? Although, in seriousness, for a rare moment, scares the hell out of me. And it ought to scare the hell out of you. You know my standard, my story of twerking. This is twerking, the dark side, a Blaze Radio Network special starring the best and brightest and Jay Severin, featuring American pop culture, twerking, da-da, twerking. This is the dark side. Now, I don't care. It's You must drain abortion out of this the issue doesn't matter the issue matters more to more people more emotionally because of the issue i understand that that it is abortion makes it a much more excitable circumstance than otherwise it would be i get that i i get it totally we all get that But I believe to get the important point here, which is Trump's long ago gone from inanity to insanity. And that is, forget the particular issue or law. You have a guy who is the leading candidate of one of the two major parties running for president of the United States who stood up today and said, oh, yeah. And by the way, he said this during a tumultuous 72 hours during which the number one story has been what? What is the number one? Well, what's the number one story this week? The fact that his campaign manager has been charged with battery against a female reporter. More about which to say in a moment. But the fact is the fact is the fact that that his, his campaign manager has been thusly charged. Innocent till proven guilty. I get all of that. We got all of that. But the fact is that's the big story this week. So far. Until this moment. Until now. Until Trump stands up, just coincidentally, in the shadow of criticism that he doesn't well treat women and that he's he's created a culture around him which is Trump-like and that the attitudes of the people near him more or less reflect 
his values and attitudes? Now, I don't know if that's true, but I know it's not implausible. I know it's truer than not. In fact, it's not only truer than not, it's true 90% of the time that the culture, behavior, values, utterances, uh, performance, words of the people who immediately surround the candidate are reflective of the candidate. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. I mean, that's life physics right there. I mean, that's that's that. Okay, so in the middle of all of this, just happens to be in the middle of the time when Donald Trump is under the greatest criticism so far in the campaign for his attitudes toward women, fairly or unfairly, because his aide, fairly or unfairly, has been charged with uh, battery on a woman reporter. I'll make sure you mention woman, not just reporter, more about which to say in due course. In the middle of all of this, Trump stands up and says, oh yeah, by the way, women who have abortions may face uh, punishment, will face punishment. Forget that it's abortion. If, if it were women who vote may face punishment. Women who drive. A woman don't drive. No woman don't drive. Well, it could be women who drive face punishment. Women who go out in public face punishment. I know I am being extreme. I'm illustrating a point. And that is, sure, the issue per se matters. The issue per se is abortion. But if you drain the issue out of this, what you're really talking about is this headline. One of the three or four most likely next presidents of the United States announced today that he would punish women who follow current American law. Now, when he's questioned on this, if it hasn't happened already, he's going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, the law, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Use uh, I know you find that important. Uh, the law. Yeah, yeah. But we'll uh, we'll change the law. You know, I'm going to put my my sister on the Supreme Court, or maybe uh, Corey Lewandowski, my campaign manager. Maybe he could be on the court. Maybe he could slap some sense into them. Nipple, buttock, China trade deficit, abortion. This guy is. I, I'm 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 at a loss for words. And again, this will get lost among the dull-minded as a debate on abortion. The significance of Trump's statement today has far less to do with the particular law he just said he would override, though. It ain't unimportant, but it has less to do with the particulars of that law than it does with the fact that he just said, oh, yeah, so controversial, though settled law in America about a particular issue. It's not that he disagrees with it. 
That's fine. It's not that he vows to change it. That's fine. I'm going to pick pro-life Supreme Court judges. That's fine. I'm going to make sure that anyone who sits on the Supreme Court is pro-life. That's fine. I'm going to do everything I can to encourage a culture of pro-life, not pro-choice. That's fine. But to stand up and say, oh, yeah, women who have abortions will get punished. The women will get punished. Not only is that wildly incompatible with existing American law, not only is it wildly incompatible with existing American culture, which, again, is okay. I guess that's what candidacies are all about. It's to float ideas. But to come out and under all the circumstances extant, to come out and say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll punish the women. People who can look beyond the abortion issue are going to ask the the obvious question. Is this guy crazy? The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners. Howard from Virginia, thank you for your patience. Afternoon, Jay. Hey, Howard. I was uh, just calling. I didn't know if I, you watched the town halls last night or not. Um, there was a moment where uh, there were two veterans. Uh, I know one was Lieutenant. I watched some. Sure. I listened to radio of others. I read transcripts of uh, most of it. But it, it, right. it really doesn't do it justice unless you listen to it or watch it. I realize so. Um, All right. they, um, yeah. What did you think of? And I don't. I ask you this before, or irrespective of asking you who you're for. I'm what, for Cruz. From from for Senator Cruz. You get that I was trying to set this up so that I didn't know. Okay, <laughs> you're for Cruz. So am I. I am. But I just but mean, I, I don't want it to take. I don't want it to take away from your credibility in answering this question, but you've just taken care of that for us. Uh, What did you think of, as we get closer to actually thinking of Trump, you know, as a president of the United States, what did you think of his performance last night? And I mean now, I don't mean how he looked. I don't mean whether he got laugh lines. I don't mean any of that. I mean presidentially did he impress you with knowledge insights um, i think the word that you use is appropriate it's nothing but a performance okay what did you how would you grade the performance (laughs) poor Uh why because it's so it's so poorly delivered. Um, he definitely falls back on the same thing whenever he is questioned about anything. Right. No, you're right. You're right. I'm just like, um, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to trap you here. When I that, saw and listened to Trump last night, something occurred to me and, and a wise man once told me, I think it was about a different sport. I'm trying to remember, but it was, 
in New York a long time ago. I was pretty well wired with the National Hockey League, so I, I expect this was probably hockey. But a wise man said to me, we were sitting watching practice, or it may have been a game, and he was an executive of either the Rangers or the National Hockey League. I don't recall which. But, you know, he knew I was in politics, and he said to me, you know, your game is a fascinating game, so is ours. He goes, and the fascinating thing about yours is that people think they can switch all the time from the ice to the ownership box. And I said, I think I know what you mean, but but tell me what you mean. And and to make a long story short, he said what I think you expect, uh, you know, he, he said, and what I'm going to tell you, he said, and that is there there are skill sets in life. Now, you might look at a guy at a party and you might say, who's that guy over there? And you might say, oh, him? He owns the L.A. Lakers. And you say, wow, who could know more about basketball than that guy? Well, of course, he probably doesn't know shite from Shinola, you know, about basketball in, in a basketball sense. He knows the business of basketball. But put the ball in the hands of a 5'2", fat, slow, white, middle-aged executive who has no athletic ability, can't jump, can't shoot, can't pass, can't dribble the ball. And you say, wait a second, he's the owner of the L.A. Lakers. And what this guy in New York was telling me is that never confuse the guy on the ice with the guy in the manager's box or the you know the guy in the owner's box. And in politics, we do that all the time. There are different skill sets. I don't deny that Donald Trump must be tremendously smart in what it is he does or did, whatever that is. But I am as old as Donald Trump, I think, and I, or I'm of the same generation, and I've spent as much time in politics and media as he has spent at his business. He's been far more successful. But, but you see, they're different businesses. And, and so people just assume that since Donald is so good at business, evidently, then he's going to be good at politics. And, and as far as I'm concerned, when I look at Donald Trump and I listen to him as you did, watch him try to answer these questions about nuclear proliferation and NATO and the job wage index and all these other things, it's, it's, it's like taking the owner of the L.A. Lakers, putting him down on the basketball court, blowing the whistle, and handing him the ball. We, you know, he'd get killed. And I, I see that's how, I mean, honestly, without any vengefulness, that's how I see Donald Trump. I see him as the, the the owner of the New York Rangers who looks down at the ice and forgets that he may be a brilliant owner, but he doesn't actually play. You know, Donald, I've just listened to you for two hours bitch out all of your players, but you don't play hockey, do you, Donald? You know, because tomorrow night, how about we take you down, or tomorrow morning, we take you down on the ice at practice, and we suit you up and push you out on a pair of skates. You know, it's a different business. 
It's it's the Donald Trump's business has everything in common with being a president of the United States in terms of skill sets as it does being a champion discus thrower at the Olympics. Understood. Understood. There's one comment that he made, though, that just like, I mean, I was having an eerily odd, I don't want to call it a flashback because it's not that long ago, but he was. Oh, we have 30 seconds, so hurry. All right. He was asked about minority, um, minorities or Sikhs and stuff, but he went straight for San Bernardino and stuff. And he was commenting on um, whether. Chopped heads, people being drowned in cages. Yeah, but he, he said he didn't know um, whether or not the San Bernardino shooter was radicalized by his wife or not. But All right, Howard, um, we have to Allegro next time. More Allegro. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. I am transmogrified. I am stupefied. I am mortified. I am fully lubricated, which I intend to get after this show. I Did, did a major candidate... For President of the United States, really say today? And again, wipe away who it is, wipe away all biases and prejudices about the issue and who it was. Just imagine if I had come to air today and said, a major candidate for president today said, I want to punish women for having abortions. Now, again, you must, I'm asking, I'm begging you, strip away literally the prejudice or bias of the issue and how you feel about it or the questions. Politically speaking, can you believe that someone politically who is in the, who, who the greatest attack weaponry of the other party is the fictitious war on women? It's fictitious, but it's damned effective, isn't it? And they haul this out every week, every day, don't they? War on women, war on women, war on women. And when you're in the middle of that war, and you're like the goalie for a dart team, when you're the one getting hurt by the fictitious war on women, just strictly politically to come out and say, I want to punish women for uh, exercising what happens to be, rightly or wrongly, what happens to be their current rights under American law, because that's, in fact, the circumstance. Under current American law, and of course, 
It may be wrong, the law. Maybe wrong. Maybe we need to change it. I doubt, though, whoever wishes to change it among the most ardent supporters of change in this particular law or set of laws, I don't think you're going to find, even among them, a whole lot of people who want to punish women. I mean, the, unless the information is wrong, he used the word punishment. He used, he juxtaposed a candidate for office, juxtaposed the words women and punishment. Now, that would be risky enough as a veteran and not untalented political consultant. I can say to you, if my client were going to come out and say, I think women mass murderers should be punished. CNN could kill you with that. I'd say be very careful of using the word woman and punish in the same sentence, even if it's Charlie Manson has had a sex change operation. But, but you juxtapose the word women and punishment and you're the author. Women should be punished. This is bizarro world. All right. Am I obsessing? Yeah, like a little bit. This is huge. This is a turning point in American political history. If the news this afternoon had been that we dropped a bomb on North Korea, more people will make a bigger deal out of this moment than that one. Watch and see. At least it absolutely, absolutely has that potential. Lisa from Florida, thank you for your graciousness, your patience. Welcome. Hi, Jay. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. And this time you're going to have to put your pin hat on and think about this scenario. (laughs) What makes you think I ever took it off? (laughs) I heard us listening to Glenn this morning. And there was uh, a Trump campaign person, a woman, quit the campaign and wrote an open letter to the to American public. I'm acquainted with it. In the, in the letter, it said that he was never expecting to win. He did it for to get ratings. Right. Now, as far as I can, I can see, and I do respect, I feel it's true. People always age when they get that position. It must be a very taxing job, both emotionally and and personally, and just the level of stress holding the position of president. Well, of the only United. if you take it seriously. <laughs> exactly. Well, besides Obama, we won't we won't talk about him. Um, but Trump has a, a great life. He travels where he wants. He does many things. President would restrict his lifestyle tremendously. Yeah. Do you think he's saying all these off the wall things now because he doesn't want to get elected and it's his easy way out? If he doesn't get the votes, he, people he could look and say, "Well, you know, they won. You know, I did my best. I quit." I get the question, and I want you to know. I get the question, and I take your question, and I want you to know I discussed this 
yesterday and and op- op- mentioned this letter and all of that and I opined personally as to you know whether I thought you know what I thought about it and whether I thought he was looking for a way out and all that let me answer a couple questions quickly uh, firstly it behooves us as fair judges in this court of public opinion to be to use discretion as to the evidence we're going to accept before this court. And this letter is phony. By phony, I mean the woman, so far as I know, wrote it and believes what she's saying and all of that. But I happen to know that she never held a position in the Trump campaign such that would have given her access to Donald Trump. Okay. Period. So what this is, is a letter which you might have written, I might have written. The only sense, the only dimension within which this letter could be even remotely accepted by reasonable people, in my view, as as anything, would not be evidence, it would be an op-ed piece. <clears throat> it's someone's opinion. And it's someone who is no more uh, is no more acquainted by virtue of you know hands-on inner circle exposure to Donald Trump than I am, than you are. So first thing right off the bat, we can't treat this as some kind of revelation. It's not like big campaign insider comes clean, puts the lie to Donald Trump. That's just not fair. However, as an op-ed piece written anonymously by somebody, it's like every other idea, almost every other idea. It's worthy of consideration. So as an idea, let's consider it. And long story short, I think it's, I think it's viable. I think it's plausible that, this, that, that he ran the, the basic allegations, Lisa, that he ran whimsically. He ran without a plan. You know, he ran without expectation of actually succeeding. He was never prepared to succeed. And I, I believe those things are plausible. I don't believe they are. I just believe they're not implausible. I think they're possible. Uh, but do I think now if he wanted to get out that he would hem and haw about it? I don't. I don't think he would try to use all kinds of artifice to get out of it what he's never done that before with anything also lisa it would require and demonstrate intelligence on an order of magnitude 100 times greater than we have ever seen from donald trump in anything to actually think of that and try to pull it off so why does he get smart now the only thing on which he was smart in the campaign was trying to drop hints, breadcrumbs as to why he wanted to get forced out of it. I don't. I don't buy that. So you don't think he's trying to change the upcoming primary? Just say, you know, people. Mm, there's. I think. Is available I out have there. always <laughs> believed that every candidate is trying to bend to his or her will the outcome of politics in general, the primaries in which they're engaged in particular, and every other thing that has their name on it or 
might have their name on it. Of course, they're trying to bend history to their will, whatever that will might be. But do I believe that Donald Trump is actually trying to lose or disqualify himself? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do not. And and, and, I, and I think we have a bigger problem, Lisa. Our bigger problem is that a guy came out this afternoon who's running for president and totally in ignorance and defiance of current public policy and law said we should punish women for doing something they are legally allowed to do. And again, there are a hundred million Americans who believe that women ought not be legally allowed to do that, that it's an abomination, that it's against the laws of God and of nature, and that that law ought to be changed. Fine. I may be one of those people. But to come out... But he out, changes his mind know, on everything. That's just, and, well, and people just continue on and say, oh, well, that's just great. Lisa, I'm, I am so, and again, it could be me, color me embarrassed if tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern time, I have to come before you and say, I made a much bigger deal out of this than apparently anybody else did or, or, or cares to. Because I believe, I'm flabbergasted at this. This is the, the American populace should be absolutely shamed. Well, again, and not because I can't say this enough and I'm still going to get a thousand tweets and a hundred phone calls that say you're just saying that because you're, you know, half of them will say you're saying that because you're pro-life. The other half will say you're saying that because you're (laughs) pro-choice and and neither one is correct. Whatever my personal position and political position is, you know, as Jay Severin, as a citizen about abortion it has nothing to do with what I'm saying right now. What I'm saying right now is to come out in the middle of a campaign and say women should be punished uh, or women will be punished. If that's the way you announce your position on life, pro-life or pro-choice, if that's the way you backdoor your announcement of what kind of justices you will put on the Supreme Court, if that's how you backdoor your announcement, Lisa, of as leader of this country... You know, my feeling about the greatly crucial moral issue of life is this cheap remark about punishing women. If that's the way you approach an issue of such great public and moral importance as this is to make an offhand remark about, ah, yeah, 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 use women who do this, you know, will be uh, punished. Lisa, I'd like to talk more about Donald Trump. But I have an appointment back on Earth. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest, Donald Trump has furnished us with what ought to be the blockbuster controversy of the campaign thus far. It may or may not be. You know what? 
I don't care how the media handles it. It is it is the blockbuster issue because of what it is, because of how he said it, because of what he said, everything. It's amazing. It's it's twerking on an order of magnitude 10,000 times greater than I ever thought was possible in this space of time. This is the universe is racing out of control. The planets are going to collide. Okay, had he not said this, here's a story. Here's our headline for today, only two hours late. In the last 24 hours, as probably you know, all three candidates, and I'm really giving John Kasich a break here, all three candidates formally running on the Republican side have renounced the party loyalty pledge. All three of them have. They were asked last night individually, not in each other's company. They were asked on national television, do you still intend to honor the loyalty pledge? That is to say, will you do the most basic and fundamental of things that people have always done in American politics, not because people have always done it, but because it is the most basic and fundamental thing that makes a party a party, right? Again, right or wrong, this is what makes a party a party or not. Will you support the nominee of your party? Yes or no? Kasich, Cruz, and Trump all said no. And you know what? Only one of them made a plausible threat last night. Think about it. It's a pop quiz. We do the answer tomorrow if I'm blessed with your company. Whose threat was plausible? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.